Hola, what's going on? Fact Daddy Experience. DVR Podcast. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to talk about this show called Chivalry of a Failed Night because I actually enjoyed it. Um, the main protagonist is a guy named Kurogane Iki. Um, in America, he'd be known as Iki Kurogane. The name Iki's a little weird because it sounds like Iki. But anyway, so he's a F rank knight. Um, he's in night school. He wasn't even allowed to take classes. You later find out that's because of his father. And there's a whole uh, class social hierarchy issue in this show that I find interesting. I mean, they also have some pretty weird stuff going on, like the awkward relationship between Iki and his sister. Um I mean, they clear that up later, but that it's, it seems like a cultural divergence there. I'm not going to go too much into it. Suffice it to say, Iki is, as far as the Kurogane family is concerned, he's pretty much disowned because he lacked the talent of the great Kurogane family. Oddly enough, that talent was established on the back of his grandfather who thought the world of Iki. So Iki trains hard. And when I say trains hard, he trains nonstop all the time. Uh, mastering his his art which is the art of the sword and basically he uh the story kicks off in this anime with Iki and Stella Vermilion and Stella Vermilion is a princess a rank warrior slash knight from another kingdom and she comes to the school that Iki's at um obviously to you know train and further and excel and there's some confusion that occurs which is you know comedy etc where Iki walks into his dorm room and Stella's getting dressed so obviously she's panicked and freaked out that this guy has seen her nude and Iki's response is to remove his clothes further exacerbating the situation and the director of the school basically forces them to be roommates. And before she can do that, though, um, Stella basically says that she challenges Iki to a fight. And whoever wins, the other person has to be their slave. Uh, Iki relents and agrees. And Stella thinks she has it in a bag because she's A rank. Iki's F rank. But... Iki's training comes heavily into play. She's shocked. She's uh, overwhelmed. And of course, Iki wins. And and he does so in great fashion. And throughout the series, you see some of his training techniques, some of his mentality. Uh, he has that drive because he came from an honorable family, but he was the dishonored member. So... Throughout the series, you see him and Stella fighting, and obviously they start to fall for each other, and they have that relationship, even though they still want to fight again, and there's a seven-star festival tournament where the best knights fight each other, and we don't get to see that tournament. We just get to see the tournament leading up to that tournament, and who gets selected, and the fight scenes are good. And the majority of the story is good. And, you know, Iki really is a 
a super stand-up guy, which is uh, like some of the level of stand-up or honor some of these characters have is just kind of nauseating because it's just uh, the level of abuse and disrespect. Like uh, when he's introduced in a lot of the fights, even after he's won 12 in a row, they still occasionally refer to him as the worst one because he has the F rank. But the F rank came from his father interfering with Iki being able to attend the school. Uh, his father's philosophy is if you're not talented, stay out of the way. If you don't have the gift, stay out of the way. You can't work hard and develop yourself into someone who can have the gift. You have to develop it or get out of the way. So Iki's more than developed it and when you see that type of relationship between him and his father is disgusting and his father uses people because you know honorable family means honorable money and he uses people to manipulate situations involving Iki to the point where he just makes his struggle all the more difficult so having said that it's a short show again. Uh, it's another one of these 12 episode animes based on a light novel. Um, but the skill at which Iki fights is pretty phenomenal. Um, he's put into ugly situations by people. One of the best uh, scenes is it ties him to this character who he had a huge respect for her father and he befriended her and was training her but the entire time she wanted to try to eliminate him because she wanted to have revenge on the person who stole their dojo and you know she sabotages Iki before their fight she does all this stuff and not only does he forgive her he goes and defeats the guy who stole her dojo because the guy defeated her father who was a legendary swordsman but he was old and uh the guy was tricky and Iki kicks his ass I mean it's a good fight but more than the fight itself that little that segment that arc within the story was so demonstrative of a character who could oversee people's flaws and see their motivations and understand that they were hurting and that they were making poor decisions because they were clouded by fear and anger and resentment. And he's a very zen character. Um, rarely loses his cool. Rarely worries about showing face. Like, because this same guy who stole the dojo, uh, this character, he's a character too. He's a real bastard. Um, Unless you like bastards, some people are fans of the bastards in a show. Uh, this particular character is awful. He is difficult. He's nasty. He's trendy. He fights very well, though. Um, his reaction time is his secret. His capacity to react and counteract any attacks that come his way because his reaction time is far above that of a normal human being and little little things like that are interesting when you're watching a show and they talk about that and you, you, you think that's kind of weird like a person can react 
almost faster than it instantaneously. Like you make a move and they have the counter as you're making the move. So you have to go into a state of pure thoughtlessness and elevate your consciousness to a blank slate where you're just literally channeling your own energy but it's not resonating anywhere so the uh, uh, attacker doesn't know how to counter what's coming because it's, it's complete blank slate so uh, I guess my only issue with this show aside from uh, Iki's awkward sister and I would, really that's it um, everything else is pretty good um, animation storytelling etc um, the only thing that I would like is to see another season which is not going to happen so got to research the light novels for that one to see you know obviously they want to build them up and have them win that tournament but you know it's the difficulties and the roadblocks ahead that you know could make for a very interesting story reason I even talk about any of these stories is because I have the attention span of a flea so when something catches my attention enough for me to actually finish watching all of it it's a pretty amazing thing because um, my attention and it, it ebbs and flows out of things there's so many interests I do have and um, you know also just trying not to be overloaded with some of the current events information i stay aware of them but i don't put them at the forefront of my mind because there's certain just trends that are disturbing um, whether they're economic political racial or international or uh, environmental i mean there's just so many things that can make your head cave in that you know i tend to just look at these stories and if they don't pull me in then i I'd really rather not waste my time with them. So, overall, I definitely recommend the show. Um, Iki's a nice character, but he's still engaging. He's not boring. Um, even though, I mean, he's, you know, usually when you get such a nice character, they can be boring. But I found that sometimes a nice characters who are strong, meaning they're nice, but the push comes to shove, you know you'll be shoved into another universe these are characters i can respect for example there's another show with an outlandish title and you know some of these magical or isekai anime have some of these really odd t titles like this one was chivalry of a failed knight and the show i'm about to talk about is death march to the parallel world rhapsody so this guy subaru who's a programmer he does these programming work hours that he calls death marches because they're so long, arduous, and painful. He's constantly fixing bugs and uh, games that he's involved with in programming, and he's helping other people all the time. And on one particular death march, he finds himself waking up into this world that's kind of an amalgamation of a multitude of games that he's involved with. And uh, literally one of the things that he created to help new players, he has. And he's attacked. He survives. He utilizes that. And he goes from level 1 all the way up to like a level 321. But most people, when they see him, you know, 
he's just a level one. So they have no idea that he's that overpowered. And he's like the nicest character I've seen in a show in a long time. But his power level is astronomically high. And throughout the duration of the show, all he does is help people. He helps the, the demi-beasts who are like humans with, you know, animal aspects to them. And um, he frees three of these slaves and uh, he takes them on as his own because in that world, you know, you can't just free the demi-humans. They have to belong to someone. Um, but he just treats them like people. Um, he's super nice. Um, he's always saving someone or doing something for someone all the time. He's always putting his life on the line. He's never really pessimistic. Um, <clears throat> he's like really got his shit together <laughs> and uh that's what that show is like throughout even though there's the magical elements and stuff like some people aren't into fairies and ogres and dragons and shit like that and others of us you know might find that somewhat entertaining but this particular character uh, whose last name is Subaru he uh he's amazing like just the level of humanity in a cartoon character is kind of like disconcerting it, it reminded me of the first time I sat down and watched Wally, the the Disney Pixar film especially after some articles came out saying oh Wally is like um you know Wally's controversial in in the sense that you know in Wally the most humane character in Wally is Wally. Uh, the character with the most humane traits was Wally. You know, humanity had destroyed the earth and just left it one giant shopping mall full of trash. And the humans were insanely obese creatures hovering on these robotic chairs. And Wally was cleaning up the mess on the planet. And, you know, you're watching it and you're just like, this is seriously fucked up. So, um, there's elements in there, but I, what I'm the connection I'm making is just the level of humanity. Like characters that humane. I mean, they just feel fictitious, especially in a time like this. Um, even though I know there's better stories where people help each other and they do the GoFundMe things and they try to support people who have been through whatever experiences they've been through some of the stories just because they're viral other stories they're because they're actually helping someone who's in dire need but um you always get more bad news than good news because bad news sells more papers or ads online or whatever it is currently now that the paradigm has indeed shifted but if you want to see a character who kicks ass and helps people, um, <laughs> Death March to the Parallel World Rhapsody is also another good one that's, uh, again, I believe, light novel-based. Um, you know, some of these light novel-based stories are really fascinating and entertaining. And, you know, if you're tired of watching certain things, you know, I would give it a try. I know there's some good stuff currently streaming like the boys um i haven't watched enough of i'll probably talk about it when i watch it more i mean i did enjoy what i did see um 
gotta get back into the watch, man. I hear Lovecraft Country's pretty good. Um, I'll be examining some of those shows. Um, maybe a show called Hailstorm. There's things that I'm looking to watch. Um, but again, you know, viewing is part story, part character, part visual, and part rhythm. But for me, the biggest part is the rhythm. If I, I can't catch the rhythm of the story, I can't really watch it. It's just like reading a book. If I can't catch the rhythm, I can't read it. Some books have this like perfect pitch. Boom. You know, it's like certain albums, you know. Not every band can make an OK computer or, a ra uh, you know, a Kid A. That's a Radiohead deal. Um, you know, sometimes you, the risk is the reward. Anyway, enough about that. Uh, I'll definitely be back with more stuff. I'm very pleased that people still listen. I'm hoping you're all safe. You're all okay. Um, I wish you the best in this odd adventure and journey we call life. And I hope that it's fruitful and that you're okay and safe. Best to all of you. And I look forward to you listening to me again. Sayonara. Arrivederci. Auf Wiedersehen.